0: Hello, welcome to Fear, the podcast. Now, This is a little thing I've been working on for a little while or hoping to to do for a little while and I finally decided that it's the right time to do it. A lot of us are trapped indoors, not able to do the things we regularly like to do and so I think a lot of people are feeling kind of anxious or a little bit extra emotional or whatever they're feeling. Everyone's kind of feeling slightly different to what their usual everyday life is. I would imagine I know I certainly am now I started this uh brand fear brand UK limited uh earlier this year and the idea was to uh have a clothing brand that sort of shouts without saying it that uh you, you know I've been through some struggles and now I'm working my way towards success and with that I wanted to be able to present uh, an, an image and to go out to meet people who are pushing their boundaries, you know, having maybe struggled in the past, and now pushing to find their goals, um, you know, say setting goals, achieving them, or working really hard to get to them. You know, working past failures and working past any letdowns or doubts that they have, in order to achieve whatever it is they're searching for. Um, and for me, that has always been happiness, I suppose, and acceptance in in a a certain extent. Now, a lot of this uh, podcast will become about uh, mental health topics, about physical health topics, because it's something that it, it means a lot to me. And I have found that speaking about my past experiences and problems and the reasons why I've had mental health issues has been really, really helpful especially in the past few months. Um, I've been opening up to a lot of people uh, that I meet through regular work or uh, on other avenues that I explain who I am and what I've been through and you tend to find that a lot of people have dealt with similar situations and I think just talking helps you realise some of the anchors that you know created your problems um, and maybe help you sort of Find a way to overcome them. So a little bit about myself then. Hi, hello. (laughs) My name is Chris. Uh, I'm 35 years old. I'm married and I have two children. And I have a house. So from that aspect, I'm successful. I make a living. I've got a roof over my head. I feed and clothe my kids. And we have some fun. Now, we're by no means like wealthy. But again, that depends on how you interpret that. I find that I am really lucky. My wife is exceptional. I'm a very, very lucky man, and I have two amazing kids. The kids also provide a lot of uh, lessons, a lot of grief, a lot of uh, anger, in a way, because just you know, kids are always learning. They're learning how to push your buttons. They're learning what they can get away with, and they're learning how to destroy everything in the process. <clears throat> so yeah, from that aspect, I'm I'm really successful. Uh, My job, uh, I'm a surveyor in the asbestos world, uh, a a world that I've been involved in for a very long time and it's something that I don't really enjoy. There's no passion in it. I'm very knowledgeable and experienced in what I do but there's no love for it and I got to a point where I felt that I need to do something for me now. It's such a waste of life just rolling through day-to-day Uh, work a day-to-day job that you don't like it just makes no sense to me and I want to try and sort of demonstrate that to my children that if you don't work towards something that you love you, you know you you might not get there and you could get stuck doing a job you don't really want to do for the sake of paying the bills you know I've it took me far too long to kind of really realize that it was time for me and by the time I realized that I already had my now wife and a daughter and a mortgage so it puts a lot of restrictions on what i can do you know there's a lot of people that rely on my income including the bank and and so i have to do my job Shh, computer let's mute this computer um so yeah so i have to do my job otherwise the bills don't get paid <clears throat> so what I wanted to do, I wanted to get into uh, film. I've always enjoyed watching uh, movies and watching people perform stunts. And that's what I really wanted to do as a kid. I wanted to be a stuntman. And I didn't chase it up as a kid for many, many reasons, which we can get into. But in 2012, I decided, right, I want to be a stuntman. I want to work in film. And then having to sort of step back after a little while when I realized that I need to have my regular job to pay for the training to be able to have the holiday to take off to go and be on set and then also working on set and being on film you find that there's a lot of early mornings a lot of late nights and then you're not at home with your wife and kids who who need you and yeah and I need them as well and I love spending time with them I don't want to be an absent father which is why now what I want to do is do this, talk about mental health issues, meet people who have a, you know, a passion, who are exciting, who've got a great story to tell. And because I like talking, I also like making silly videos. So this kind of just all makes sense. Um, That my passion is talking to people and sharing my experiences to hopefully help other people sort of open up and share their experiences, maybe find some comfort in some of the pain they might have previously experienced so let's get into my past and why I believe I have had uh, mental health issues and confidence issues so uh, I grew up in a it's like a divorced family my parents split up when I was three years old and they both obviously got into new relationships and we have to deal with the thing that many many families deal with is you're going to stay with your dad on like every other weekend so he's no longer part of your household so now you've got the to in and fro of going you know back from your dad's back to your house and parental arguments and things they're not quite happy with and and then say new relationships that you have to watch as a kid sort of build and every new relationship goes through struggles. There's arguments, there's disagreements. as you try to get comfortable with the way each other likes to live and behave and, and things. So I think a lot of new relationships are a little bit rocky and that's noticeable as kids and it has a as I've discovered, has an effect on you as a child. That kind of information hangs about and lurks around in your in your brain for quite a while. Now, I don't put any of this blame onto my parents and my family, you know, that's that's life. That's how things are. They fell out of love and separated and, you know, we have to we have to deal with that. But I have recently sort of realised that you've got between the ages sort of three and ten of backwards and forwards, spending time with the opposite parent, who then also might not be available. So then you're spending time with your grandparents. And then when you're at home, maybe in the weekends or you're not with the other parent, you're also... Not with your regular parent because they're having to work. So you go in between your house, your other parent, or your grandparents, and the other grandparents, and you're constantly getting sharp pushed from pillar to post. And um I think you sort of, without really sort of realizing it at the time, has an effect on you. Your parents aren't available. So it made me quite introverted, and I wasn't very open and honest to talking about how I felt and all the struggles I was. Going through, and that led right up into uh, my teenage years, where my main problems really, really started. um, As a teen, um, so well going into secondary school, I was a what they call a grammar school student, um, which is something I'm recently learning. Only really exists in my area. Uh, When you're in primary school, we have to do a test called the eleven plus, which is now called the Medway test or something, uh, which determines whether or not you go to a higher education secondary school or a regular education secondary school um so i passed my 11 plus uh really really easily and got into secondary school at the, a at the higher level uh and then all of a sudden i had to start working and it became difficult and it no longer sort of just came easy to me so i sort of struggled a little bit there and so i clung on to two different friend groups i had a group of friends that were my like higher education grammar school kid friends who liked football and all that sort of stuff computer games and whatnot and then i had a group of friends that were all into sort of extreme sports kind of things like skating skateboarding bmx ice hockey roller hockey and they're kind of i suppose uh, rebellious kind of group so i had uh the word I want I had kind of uh, influence there ego from two different types of groups and one day my what I classed at the time as my best friend decided uh, he wanted to draw on my face with a pen and I'd stop him and the stopping him that made him want to punch me in the face Now obviously this was a complete shock to me this is my best friend we we're just mucking around I don't know what's happening. Um, but whilst we're fighting, Our friends in the the higher education class group um, decided to help him fight me rather than separate us, rather than, you know, stopping it or, you know, any of them being on my side. They all took his side and then as friends, they all vanished. Um, So I I lost that group of friends. And then for whatever reason, somebody within the extreme sports group spread a rumor about me and that was trying to kick his front door down which never happened but that spread like wildfire through that group as well and all of a sudden they stopped talking to me so now as a 13 13 14 year old I'm left in school with no friends and this makes you feel that it's obviously really alone really anxious and and quite scared as well because these children would threaten you know not necessarily always anything physical but they get inside your mind and they give you a reason to be scared you know at the end of the day i have a two mile walk home and that's two miles or 45 minutes to an hour's worth of potential people causing me grief and you just have to wait for it to kind of turn up um so it put me really inside my shell when I was very much a loner at school. And I know a lot of people go through this. It's, you know, part of growing up, being a teenager, but you know, really, it really shouldn't be. Um, yeah, people should just be nice to each other, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I had things where during PE class, if my clothes were, you know, at the side, I'd go to return and find that people had spat in my shoes. Um, I get pushed down flights of stairs. I get pushed into bushes. I had um, you know, people follow me home and chase me, like sort of dragging sticks up the road, as if just to, to provide that level of threat that they might do something to hurt me. Uh, and then the one the moment that really stuck in my mind was um, on the way out of school, one of these people, who again used to be my friend, chased me and poured a whole like, sort of two liter bottle of water over my head in the middle of winter. And I had that two mile walk home, then soaking wet in the winter. But it's something that he must have organized with other people because he wasn't the only one to do it. He ran up and soaked me, and then two or three other people ran up and also soaked me. So now, again, I have to walk two miles home, soaking wet in the cold, knowing that everybody seems to hate me and want to hurt me, either mentally or physically. And at home, uh and I live with my dad and my stepmom um at home it felt very much like there was no one to talk to it may well and not have been the case like realizing that as an adult but as a child it was very much like my dad was trying to run a business my stepmom was very involved with helping with that and also had two younger kids to take care of and look after and yeah you know, we didn't have a lot of money at the time so I don't know, it felt very much like I couldn't talk to people. So I struggled at home, felt very much alone. And every day I had to get up and get dressed and amped up and, you know, motivated to make that two-mile walk to a place where I know I was going to be tormented all day. So I was very unhappy. My grades started to fall down. Uh, my work just stopped happening, stopped existing, really. Um I get phone calls back home from some of my teachers saying, you know, he really could do better if he just put some effort in. And reading my school reports uh, on the years leading up to this, it's really quite sad because oh, Chris is such a, you know, an amazing student. He's you know, bubbly and enthusiastic and creative and he's a great writer and he's really imaginative too. Chris could do better. Chris's homework is missing. Chris's handwriting is a mess. If only he put some effort in, he could do really well. Chris doesn't pay attention. Chris is disruptive. So you can physically see it in written form how I've just sort of gradually fallen apart. But in feeling alone at home and in going to school where I'm going to be tormented daily, then walk home to again feel more alone, I ended up feeling like I wanted to die. I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to get up and go and be tormented at school. I didn't want, to deal with that. I didn't want to deal with being lonely at home. I didn't want to deal with being lonely at school. I couldn't be bothered with school. It didn't make any sense to me at this point now. Um, so yeah, I I used to, I'd lay in my bed at night, in tears, crying, I thinking, just, I just don't want to be here anymore. I just want to die. And I want to take my own life. I remember laying in my bed with a knife which I still have actually downstairs. Um, there's a little, you know, short lock-in knife that was given to me once. And I used to lay there, sort of with it to my throat or above my throat, just thinking I could just, could just drop this. I could just cut myself. I could, you know, just do this and end it, and it'd all be over. But even that scared me. You know, I was such a scared little person at the time. I wasn't brave enough to do it. And the thought that used to run around my mind was that my granddad would be so disappointed and so upset and I'd miss him. I can't remember particularly why it was my granddad, but it was. That was the one thing that always just just sort of held me back. And, you know, for such a short period of my life where I was so miserable and I could have just ended it, the story of me would have just finished right there. Where in reality, I had so much more to give and so much more to see and learn and do. And obviously, I wouldn't realise that till I was much older. But um, yeah, I managed to survive senior school. I kept going, although most of the time I spent at a friend's house um, cooking chips and playing on the PlayStation uh, and not really being at school. So hence, I failed my GCSEs. The best grade I got was a D in something Uh, I was uh, excluded from a few of the exams and so my GCSEs are are non-existent so from a a promising young student to no qualifications no skills whatsoever uh, coming out of school Uh, and that's what you know so being bullied and feeling suicidal did to me wrecked that and made me feel like a recluse I stopped talking to people my confidence was gone self-belief was gone all yeah so much self-doubt um came over me and and then so we've left school now so all all that trouble's kind of gone just sad and alone and fed up and don't know what to do with myself so at this point 16 years old i live i moved to live back with my mum uh, in cambridgeshire and just worked some reg, re, excuse me, worked some regular jobs. Uh, my first ever job was working at uh, Tesco stacking shelves, and this is where I started to meet new people and make new friends, and I started having fun again. You know, going out and mucking around and just having a good time. So now I'm in a different area. I can make new friends. I can have a fresh start, and. I'd sort of lived there for a couple of years now. So I live with my mum and two sisters and my stepdad and I've got this new group of friends and I've got a job and everything's kind of all right. And then something kind of happened again uh, where I managed to lose my best friend again. That was a lot of my fault being sort of 16, 17-year-old, getting far too drunk and being abusive, which that's all on me. Um, and then my mum did me a favour by applying for a job for me. And this job turned out to be as a children's rep working for Thompson Holidays uh, abroad. And and I, I don't know where she got the idea from or whatever, but it was, it was a great idea. And I went to this interview, which was the most bonkers interview I've ever had. Had a really good time, met some cool people, and I got the job. Now what this meant was that in the March, the, I think it was the same year, in March, I needed to leave the country, go to Majorca, and go on a training course with a bunch of other people in order to do this job to become a children's representative or children's holiday rep, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I did. I left the country and I went to train at a hotel with 250-odd people near Mangaluf uh, in in Mallorca and started to have a really good time. As an 18-year-old, you know, in a foreign country with a bunch of similar mind people, similar-age people, getting very, very drunk and having a hell of a good time. It was like heaven. But the best part about it was, making again, making new friends and friends with people I wouldn't generally associate with. You know football fans, drunken idiots, and a lot of 18 year old boys were a bunch of assholes, to be honest. Um, but I had fun, I had a real good time. And then after training, I worked at a really, really nice hotel and spent the summer as a children's entertainer. You know, we made uh, classes fun for kids, we planned events, and we, you know, did uh, movie nights for the kids and stuff, and did stage shows. And suddenly, I came out of myself, I realized that I thoroughly love. The whole dancing around on stage and entertaining people. And I think, really, I kind of knew that. But knowing that as a kid that I wanted to be an entertainer, I wanted to act and I wanted to do drama and be a stuntman and all that sort of thing, I never followed through with it because I was downtrodden, because I was had no confidence and because I had no friends. I didn't then want to get up on stage and show all these people who gave me grief that, you know, that I was now this... Stage person, and um, you know, it, it's another one of them weak things. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> put it in terms, it would have been seen as gay, should we say, at that age, at that school, would have been very gay to uh, have been a a drama geek. So, I never did it, but now, now I'm getting the opportunity, say, so as, as an adult, as an 18 year old, i getting the opportunity to dance on stage. You know, uh, wear fancy dress, dress up in outfits, dress up in the, the um, mascot suits and entertain people. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I had the best six months of my life. I was free from all those problems at home, free from my parents even, free from everything. Just start again. And there was a level of security working for Thompson Holidays because they, they put you up in accommodation. They pay you a certain wage. And they feed you twice a day, so you're kind of secure in the fact that you, you know you could go out and spend all your money uh, in a couple of days if you wanted, and you'd always be fed and you'd always be put up, so it's not a problem. So you get to learn to sort of adult and come out your shell, shell, be a bit sensible, but also have a hell of a lot of fun and drink far too much and meet far too many women, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that that opened up this new world for me. It's all of a sudden at the end of the winter. Uh, Excuse me. At the end of the summer, they asked if I wanted to work in the winter. I was like, well, you want me to keep doing this? Yeah, of course. So in the winter, I decided to work uh, up the mountains. So I'd work in a hotel um, serving dinners and cleaning rooms. So as a hotel host, they call it. And in my spare time, I'd get to snowboard all winter. And again, another five, six months of absolute pleasure. You know, there's a lot of drama between people of a similar age you know love and relationships and people just bashing heads but and, and the downside again of working in a hotel serving people especially in a ski resort you got a lot of people who are very uh, snobby and expect a lot out of you but the upside was I snowboarded all winter and that was all paid for I had so much fun so this whole job this this routine of winter summer I continued with for a couple of years uh, went back to Mallorca in the summer and back uh, up to France the following winter and just continued that cycle. And I had a really good time and, say, opened up a lot and came out of my shell a lot. And that did me a huge, huge favour. So now we're done with all of that and uh, all the work at the And have now come home and it's time to sort of get a regular job and be sensible, I suppose, and grow up. And so I start working for my uh, my family business and getting involved with that, which is in the asbestos world, which is where I've kind of remained for the past 14 years. Yep, 14 years. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, a few years down the line, I end up getting together with my now wife, who coincidentally I met when I was 16 when I moved to live with my mum. I fell in love with her when I... When I first saw her, but she thought I was a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's how things go, I suppose. And um, and so we've we've been together now since two thousand seven, so thirteen years we've been together. Uh, got married in two thousand fourteen. We've got two children. We're on our second house, and we have been through a lot of dramas, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, some grief. Um, you know, see postnatal depression and all sorts of things uh, that have affected us as a family and as a, as a pair. Um, but we've gotten through that and through all the dramas and the battles and the disagreements and the hardship, we've grown so strong and we've raised two awesome, bright children and we are happy. So what could have been such a short life and the ending of the life based on, you know, two or three years worth of experience, versus what I've done since. It would have been such a shame, you know. And I'd really like to get across to people, and especially to young, you know, teenagers, both male and female, that this the period of your time can feel like forever, but in reality, it's such a short period. And um, I know there's a guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, but I remember I've quoted him a few times. I saw him in a documentary. He was a gentleman who decided he had had enough at 19 years old and uh, wanted to jump off, I think it's the Golden Gate Bridge. And he survived. And he talks of the fact that, you know, how he felt and at that very moment that his hands left the railings, that he regretted it. He didn't really want to die. But just nobody stopped him in that, period of time where he was begging for someone to stop him his mind was begging for someone to just stop him to say hey how are you doing how's your day just just to notice him but nobody did so he he jumped over the rail but as he says as soon as his hands left he regretted it he didn't really want to die that just leads me to thinking you know imagine myself having been in that position in my bed with my knife And being at a position where now I can't go back, but I don't really wanna die. It's too late, I've made that decision and I'm not gonna survive. I feel extremely lucky to have not taken that leap. I might not have survived. I might not have been able to think about the fact that I'm regretting it. No one would have known. It would have been a silent moment in my bedroom alone and wouldn't have achieved anything it wouldn't have solved any of the problems that I had it wouldn't have stopped people behaving the way that they behave so I'm really fortunate I've had a fantastic life since school you know I've worked abroad I work in film every now and then not very often but have some fun on some film sets Um, worked on some cool films and met some awesome people and now, I want to help spread the word. You know, I want to uh, help people to understand that you know, there is better. You can do more. You can experience better. Some things you just have to realize and let go of, and find a goal to work towards. You know, I my martial uh, my martial arts now is uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu, and I thoroughly enjoy it, and I thoroughly enjoy taking part in competitions. Me setting a goal for a competition means, right, well, now I've got something to work towards. I've got to get in shape. I've got to get fit. I've got something to work towards. And that keeps me excited. And now with wanting to get out of everyday work, I want to do this. I want to talk to people. Uh, people who are having an awesome time who may not have done. Or people who may be not having an awesome time. Maybe I might be able to, might be able to help. Who knows? All I know is that the more I talk about myself and what i went through i realized more and more of those little triggers that could have set it off and the reasons why i've had such a lack of confidence for so long um i put my lack of confidence down to my parents not being about to talk to and then my best friend's no longer giving a shit about me if your friends and your parents don't give a shit about you who's going like, nobody i nobody mean, it turns out it's not the case your parents were there but it's just an observation at the time you your perception is they're not. And perhaps it's because you don't talk because you're in your little hole. You know, but I wish I'd have opened up a bit more. I wish I had talked a bit more. I wish I'd have found me a lot sooner. You know, I could have been having a lot more fun. Um, but I'm happy. Yeah, I really am. And, and now i am just say just working on, on me and trying to make a living doing something that I can enjoy. So I have a clothing brand. And I have this podcast and YouTube channel that comes with it. And when all this coronavirus nonsense is over, I look forward to getting out and meeting people, having a conversation about their struggles and their success. You know, young kids who are on the mats at jujitsu competitions who are failing, but still giving all, still putting their heart on the line just for that little bit of success. Yeah, people are presented with a false world currently, with a lot of social media nonsense. A lot of people look up to this ideal, this perfect like beauty, this perfect physique, this perfect lifestyle. When for the majority of this majority of us, it doesn't exist, it's not real. There's a lot of reality TV programmes that I know young girls and young boys look up to and it's all false, it's all fake, it's not real, it's not real life, you know, you want something, you have to really work at it, you have to sacrifice and you have to push, I'm realising this more and more myself currently, my life will not change if I don't push, if I don't try, if I don't put some time to the side for myself, I won't ever get out of what I'm doing and I won't ever work for fun, so that is me now, 35 year old man, married, two children with a house and I'm happy I Just have one thing to change, just to get out of regular 9 to 5 work and do something that I can have fun doing, to be able to come home early and pick my kids up from school, to be the man who presents, you know, working for a passion, working for something you believe in rather than just going through your day-to-day 40, 50, 60 years just because for money. But we have some uh, we have some good episodes to look forward to. So far, I have spoken to uh, a gentleman who has come from uh, you know be, being overweight and a bit depressed to now he's just recently quit his job and trying to start uh, his own personal training business and he's done it during this covid times where everything's a little bit unsure and unsteady he's gone and doing He's sort of sod it we're going for it i've spoken to my uh sister who unfortunately has recently been diagnosed with breast cancer and i've spoken to a friend of mine uh, and a jujitsu training partner who's an actress who's been through you know again some depression and some eating disorders so there's some good things to good things some Conversation to look forward to. Some of it's going to be sad, some of it's going to be hard to listen to, and hopefully, the majority of the time, there's a nice, happy outcome. And if you have a story you think you'd like to share, any past struggles or successes that you really want to get off your chest, anything you think that will help people to see a different side, uh, maybe help them come out uh, the other side of their depressions, their anxieties, and help people to realize that there's more. There is more to life and you can get past it. There are people who care. People really do care about you. People really do love you. And I think realising that is really important. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be alone. Sometimes it's going to take work. It's difficult. But you can be happy. I've gone from miserable, suicidal to extremely happy and very lucky and fortunate and everybody else can too so yeah if you have a story you want to share please let me know you can uh email me at uh fearbranduk at gmail.com you can uh find me on instagram at fearbranduk you can find my shop at fearbranduk.co.uk Hello. on right. <laughs> www.fearbrand.co.uk i will get carried away with the fear brand UKs there. Um, yeah, stop by, say hello, and I look forward to hearing from you and sharing more and more stories with you into the future. Thank you very much for listening to the fear podcast.